welcome to Geek Card, right here on geekcardshow.com. Now here are your hosts, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome to Geek Card, where it's Christmas time once again. Yes, the month of December is here, and so too is the Geek Card Christmas special. I'm your host, Andrew Young. With me, as always, is Mr. Green. Ho, 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 ho! Merry Christmas. That's right. It is now time for Christmas month, and we're kicking it off like we always do with our Christmas special. Uh, this year, unfortunately, not live, but we're still bringing it to you. And what a merry time we will have this evening looking at Christmas films, Christmas comics, Christmas specials, Christmas treasures, and the debut of this year's Geek Card Christmas Carol, Geek Card Family Christmas. That's all coming your way. And of course, we are sticklers for tradition here. So we have brought back Geek Hard's favorite punching bag. I mean, Geek Hard's favorite musician, Alex James Kruger. Welcome back to the program. Oh, 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 no. Happy holidays, nerds. I'm glad as I ever am to be here. There we go. Kind of looks like Santa Claus himself here with his, his white mane of a beard and his, his white hair. Yeah. As, I know, as my I, buddy I love... says, but pandemic did a number on me, man. No shit, because I love the fact that I'm like 10 years older than you, but I look like I'm five years younger. Easily. Easily. Like that long flowing gray hair, long gray beard. Like I've got I, gray I, in my beard, but like not like you, bro. I'm yeah. five years older than him, and I look like I'm 20 years younger. Yeah, I, so you do. <laughs> you like, do. Like if I didn't have the gray in my beard, I would, I would also say I was at least 10 to 15. There you go. Look, don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. Well, you, that's why it's a radio show, kids. We don't want to scare you. That's what it comes down to. It. And that's why I'm back every year. I got a face for radio. Exactly. Exactly. Of course, you can check out his his show, Composers, the Composers Pod, the Movie Score Podcast. It's available on all podcasting platforms and at ComposersPod.com. Alex is going to be with us for the entire night for our regular traditions. But he also, as we said, he's a musician, and so he has brought a song for us to hear tonight to get you in the festive spirit. I know he took a lot of time on this song. Like, he really put his time into it. So let's take a listen to it right now. Every year around the holidays, Green and Andrew message me and say, Oh, Krugs, it's been a while, and we all could use a smile. So why don't you come on the show and be a rock cliche? It's tradition here on Geek Heart every year To have me on to dampen down the cheer But this year, truth be told, I'm feeling extra old So I threw some shit together that I hope you want to hear Well, it's a last-minute Christmas and a last-minute song Why do we do it last minute when we have the whole year long? It can't be procrastination or a lack of desire Perhaps it's something to do with how we're all so fucking tired at Christmas I looked into a cover song or two to do what little justice I could do 
to a classic Christmas song so you all could sing along. But they're all so fucking cloying out of me, they'd sound all wrong. But I knew I couldn't crank one out alone. So I reached out to my buddy Brent by phone. I said, Pleasure Chef could save the day, but Brent said, No fucking way! I killed that bot last year, so sorry man, you're on your own. Well, it's a last minute Christmas and a last minute song. Why do we do it last minute when we have the whole year long? It's not like Christmas comes a different day each year. Perhaps it's something to do with how we're running low on cheer by Christmas. All that I have to give you is a little time, a little picking and a, a little rhyme, a little song imbued with a little cheer, a little memory so we know we were here. So take it from me, friends, and don't procrastinate. This time is all we have, so do not let it go to waste. So happy Christmas, friends, and happy new year. I'm glad you're listening and I'm glad you're here For last minute Christmas Not my best effort <laughs> Hey, uh, Alex? Alex? Yes uh, Paul and Storm called, they want their gimmick back Yeah <laughs> Was it? I don't. I actually did, did. Did those guys actually do a song called "Last Minute Christmas"? No, it's just it sounds like a song that Paul and Storm would do. Is what I'm yeah, saying. Having <laughs> having shared stage with Paul and Storm one time, that's a big compliment. Those those guys are great. Can I just say uh, that this was totally not planned, but that it was absolutely 100 percent the perfect song for tonight. <laughs> yeah, because that that is mind. like that is my fucking anthem today. <laughs> yeah, the the also fucking tired line seems to resonate with the people who have heard that song so far. I was just talking about the last minute thing because like how everything yeah. just went fucking sideways on this show tonight. So uh, the show must go yeah. on. No, it does, and we are, and that's and that's you know that's uh, this is this is why we like your resting Grinch face. <laughs> Did the Grinch have this this classy a beard though? I I submit he did not. No, because he had a Christmas shave. It's... That's right. Yeah. See, once again, proving your lack of knowledge of the holidays. I forgot he got a shave during the uh, the song, which is Thorm Sturmgold. I think that guy's name is the guy that sings that song. It's not Boris Karloff. I came to find out a couple of years ago. There's some Christmas trivia for you. Yeah, there but that's not, that's not part of our trivia qu uh, contest, no. so it doesn't no, matter. No, no, we, as many longtime listeners know, we will be doing our traditional Alex James Christmas trivia later on the show to uh, to help out a special charity, the Orphan Children of Alderaan, uh, help them get placement on other planets. Whom I've been a deadbeat dad for a decade, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. We, no money, no money well, has gotten to them. Has the best? What's the best I did? I think I got like two questions, maybe three right one year. I came damn close one year. Well, we'll see. You have to get all five. You have oh, to get God. all five oh, to five? win. Oh, it's yes, it's five. Oh God, it is why five. do I do this every fucking year? Oh my God. Well, we I, got like, that. That's the thing. How do you not remember the thing you've been doing for a decade? Like that's you, why he comes back every year. If how he do remembered, you not remember? He wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Also, we've been doing this for a decade, man, and my, my memory has not gotten better in that time. 
Very true. Very true. Well, we'll see how good his memory gets. When we come back, we're going to take our first commercial break. When we come back, we will be doing a longtime tradition here at Geek Card, and that is the great Christmas movie swap. For myself and Mr. Green, swap Christmas films that the other one has not seen and sees it for the very first time. It's all happening right here. Geek Card on geekcardshow.com. Everybody, Jimmy the Short Order Cook here, asking you, what's better than listening to Geek Hard? Answer, listen to Geek Hard while wearing a Geek Hard t-shirt. And there's a place you can get them, at tpublic.com slash user slash Geek Hard. We got a bunch of great shirts there. We got Geek Hard shirts, we got a Mr. Green's Tasty Meat shirt, and we got a Back Issue Bloodbath shirt. For all your geek needs... With your geek merch, you want to go to tpublic.com slash user slash geekart. I'm not just asking you. I'm telling you. Welcome back to Geek Hard on geekhardshow.com. Now back to your host, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Here with all our friends. Welcome back to Geek Hard, friends. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here with our very special guest, Alex James Kruger of the Composers, the Movie Score podcast on the show with us here. And we're having a great time. Once again, another shout out to the old man for... Uh, Working the boards here tonight and uh, doing the intros and outros there. And, you know, I do what I can, you know. Like, uh, we, myself and Mr. Green, before the show, we were trying to get these things all hooked up. But uh, he got all his wires crossed, and I uh, I just sat there and laughed at him. Because that's, that's my contribution to the uh, to the tech side. Isn't that right, Mr. It's Green? 100% correct. That is uh, what you do. Yeah, you Your know, contributions are myriad, old man. It was a pleasure to work with you on this year's Christmas song. Oh yeah, no, that was you, right? Eh? Okay. Yeah, that was me, man. Oh, I was wondering. We did it remote. We did it remotely. I don't blame you if you don't. Well, remember. no, no, I was there. It's just you. I couldn't tell. I thought, is that is that a, the picture of Dorian Gray? I can't tell. <laughs> oh my gosh! But uh, but yeah, no, uh, no. I'm happy to be here once again as to draw. And uh, that's what people come for, and I'll be here for the rest of the night. So uh, enjoy, enjoy me coming back from commercial break, because I'll be here. All right, thank you. We'll probably need you in a few minutes anyways, because it is the movie portion of the show. Oh, yeah, right, right. Sorry about that. Okay. Yeah, it's actually a long-time tradition here from our very first, actually, no, our second-ever Christmas special and that is the great Christmas movie swap where myself and Mr. Green, we take a Christmas film that we have seen, but the other one is not. We gift it to our fellow co-host and they watch it for the very first time with fresh eyes. Yeah, In so some it- cases, one of the hosts watches the film just before giving it to the other, <laughs> other host, but technically he still watches the film. This is a very controversial segment on this show. It is, because you're the one who breaks your own fucking rules. You made the rules on this, and you break it all the fucking time. I broke it one time. I broke it one time. There's only the one time I did not watch the movie. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, so we've got our two films tonight. I have picked the 1970 TV movie special, The Great Santa Claus Switch. And Mr. Green has picked for me the 1934 film noir film, The Thin Man, which takes place at Christmas. So we're going to start with The Thin Man from 1934, directed by W.S. Van Dyke, written by Albert Hackett and Francis Goodrich, based on the novel by Dashiell Hammett, produced by Cosmopolitan Productions and distributed by Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. Here to read the synopsis is our man on the boards tonight, the old man. Hey-ish. I think I saw this movie in theaters. After a four-year absence, one-time detective Nick Charles returns to New York with his new wife, Nora, and their dog, Asta. Nick reconnects with many of his old cronies, several of whom are eccentric characters, to say the least. He's also approached by fathers, uh, by Dorothy Winant, whose inventor father, Clyde Winant, is suspected of murdering her father's mistress, his former secretary. Her father had left on a plane, planned trip some months before, and she has had no contact with him. Nick isn't all that keen on resuming his former profession, but egged on by his wife, Nora, who thinks this is all very exciting, he agrees to help. So there we go. That's 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 the movie. Other stuff happens too, though, right? You guys are going to yeah, talk yeah. About that. That's you're that's going to talk about what that exactly, happens in the movie. That, that that's exactly it. Like much like Alex, you have been here for this show multiple times now, so you should also remember these things. Oh but no, no, I do. I understand. Just, there are a lot of listeners at home to maybe oh, this is you're, the first you're being time. Helpful. So that's right. I'm okay. being helpful. I'm okay. basically. I'm getting you to explain yourselves better, you know, so that they like you're you. You're the anti-Alex. I understand Why fully would now. this be their first time on this show? Why there's, the Christmas there's episode? There's always a first time. That, that, exactly, man. There's always a new listener. Every every show is someone. And not on my show. show. <laughs> hey, man, that's your show. We're just yeah, saying. Like, right? There you go. All right. Well, I'm going to I'll be back later. Yeah, that's right, old man. You'll be back later. Okay. So, yeah. So, The Thin Man, 1934. Um Long time on a number of lists for classic films that involve Christmas. Not necessarily a straight up like, oh, crazy Christmas. This is a story that takes place over Christmas. And so Christmas is peppered throughout the film, mm-hmm. but is not its main impetus. Yeah, that it's, uh, I was I was actually shocked that you, when you said that this was on the agreed upon list for yourself that you had not seen it because for for those who are also listening alex that are new to the show and may not have heard this before andrew is a very big christmas fan loves christmas loves love the christmas. christmas big time loves christmas specials loves christmas tv loves christmas movies loves christmas comics he loves everything christmas it's a st- he- statistically significant portion of his personality actually if yes. you talk to, to andrew yeah the only- thing that's christmas that i don't really like is christmas pudding i'm not into that well and that is totally legit and fair however the point of what i why i bring this up is of course as me and andrew have discussed over the years right from the get-go this is a very difficult chore for me most (laughs) years um because andrew has seen most of the of the christmas movies like not all of the christmas movies i'd say out of everything that's been ever made, you've you're probably in like the you know like forty to fifty percent because I'm because we have to yeah. include include oh, yeah, Hallmark yeah, yeah. of course right yeah 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 
yeah, no, yeah. The and Hallmark stuff, I could, I would never want no, to keep up with. That. And I would, oh I would never, and I would never subject you to that. Although I thought about it one year, but I, not even I'm that cruel. <laughs> now, with all that being said, it is. I was shocked. My point here is, I was really shocked that you had never seen this film because you're a noir guy. Yeah, well, there's again. Do you know how many noir films from that era? Yeah, like, that's wow. a lot. It's a whole no, era. Yeah, well, it's it's decades. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a whole. That's why they call it an era. There's a lot of them. Yeah, but like, yeah, from the 30s specifically, there's a lot that yeah. I have not seen. And there's five of these. Yeah, this is the. I believe this is the first one that yes. kicks off the. Yeah, yeah, it's not the first book. No, but it is the first film. Yes. Yeah, fucking sequels. That's wild. I've yeah, never yeah. heard of this. Which now here, kind of okay. Now here's the bit. thing: when the film started, because you know, because it's a it's a whodunit, right? Mm -hmm. So, the first ten to fifteen minutes don't really involve your main characters because your main characters have to come in after the death, right? They didn't done it exactly, and so in this case, it's about ten to fifteen minutes, and the characters that are involved in the murder not the most enjoyable to watch and not even like ooh, so bad they're good just sort of like ah i'm not really into these people you know mm, that's fair but mm. when william powell shows up as nick charles and myrna loy shows up as nora charles i was like this movie's fucking awesome Right. Two, I could watch the two of them for hours, go back with their banter, like even their small Bro. The, their small mannerisms and stuff towards each other. Like they are the perfect pair. It's like basically Nick Charles found the, the woman that he was meant to be with because the two oh. of them are just amazing together. That, that, I love every scene with the two of them. That opening scene with them uh, at the at the club where yeah. they just go back and forth and he's yeah the he's hotel like, bar yeah, yeah yeah and he's like how many drinks in and he's like i i think this is my sixth martini and then she's like buddy comes up with her martini he's and then like, she's bring like bring me five more and line them in a row and i was and I, like fucking right there you go i love how much you love this uh, andrew was just on my show recently to do 1960s the apartment the jack lemon uh, mm. romantic movie which was wonderful by the way it was a great flick but listening to you speak about these interpersonal relationships and the way that they're portrayed on screen is so delightful because you are so passionate and you love this stuff so oh, much. Yeah. And it's like, it's something that you're opening my eyes to because I never paid a lot of attention to films past a certain age. And now I do largely because of you and the show. And right. it's been fun because of this very feeling that I'm getting right now. Yeah, listening to exactly. You and that's the thing. It's like William Powell and, and Myrna Loy just have such an amazing chemistry on camera and they no matter how serious the situation gets they can still have some comedy in there mm -hmm. they are the movie oh, it's yeah. like i don't even care about <laughs> if they find the killer i just want to see them doing their thing but then yeah. it comes to the third act and we get a classic you know getting all the suspects in one room together to find out who the killer is sort of thing but this is still done with this kind of like you know laid back kind of like yeah we got this kind of thing which is just and what adds to it though is that nora the entire time is almost a spectator she's involved in helping nick but at the same time because she never knew nick when he was a detective because he hasn't done it for the past four years that they've been together this is all exciting to her and he's like ah no it's you know 
it's old yeah. hat sort of thing. And that playoff, that is what makes the movie for me. I think it's a really enjoyable film. It is a film that you could probably watch any time of year, but if you watch it at Christmas, it has the Christmas elements, which was a light, a nice little affectation. Like the dinner, the Christmas party they had, where they have all these extra characters and watching this and the time where she turns. I just want to call Ma. Yeah, the guy who's like drunk out of his mind who just wants to call his mother and the other people that are popping balloons and stuff like that. Nora turns to Nick and says, I just love all your eccentric friends. And I'm like, yeah, see, she likes being in the weird world that Nick's in as well. And it amuses me that the characters are Nick and Nora. I wonder what their playlist was like. It yeah. was infinite. Womp, womp. It was, yeah, it was infinite. I, I will say that watching that party it was like what Lewis from Ghostbusters had dreamed that his party would have been. Right. Because it's it's that kind of like weirdness of what's going on. Like there's a lot of characters, a lot of do- things going on. But to your point, even in that in the, in that chaos, Alex, as you if you watch this, the the interplay between those two plus Nick with every new person that comes in, yeah, is like it's sp- we're talking like to, to be honest, Alex. These are like. Um, three four words oh it's and a master stuff like this is a master class in acting and it's something that interests me because it's so much face acting because it is like i it's oh, not yeah. that we don't have it's not that we don't have acting of this caliber anymore it's just done so differently and it's shot differently it's filmed differently and lit differently it's just a whole different vibe whole different aesthetic and it's something that like i said i've um only recently started to more appreciate partly because of andrew's interest in it and it's so wild to watch some of these uh, some of these actors, many of whom I've never heard of. Like, I don't know who these people are. Oh, but yeah. I'm, no. I'm, William Powell is big time back in the day. Same thing with Myrna Loy. I believe yeah, you. You it's... speak with such reverence. I'm like, oh, these are like people I should know, really, if I do a movie score podcast, which I do. And I should and, know more and about the rest this. And the rest of this film is filled with a bunch of character actors that oh. you could see pop up in a number of classic films. Go, oh, there. that guy. Yeah, there's uh, yeah, there's yeah. at least one. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, uh, and then uh, there's a bunch from other gangster movies. There's mm-hmm. you know like there's a bunch that kind of like intermix and interplay into this. It's I, like I am happy, honestly, Andrew. I by the way you're talking, I, I think this might actually be the best film I've ever given you for Swaparoo. It's close. It's Feast of the Seven Fishes is still the best one. Okay, I Nothing, was wondering. I don't I was... think anything will ever beat Feast of the Seven Fishes. Okay. I, I I was wondering because I was like the way you were just talking it was like, oh, okay, because I remember Feast of the Seven uh, Seven Fishes being like a really I would probably go Feast of the Seven Fishes is the top. This is under it, and then under that, surprisingly enough, would be Office Christmas Party. Okay. That's fair. The, the yeah, the only thing about this I will say is that as I was rewatching it uh in in, in uh, prep for this was that I um it's one of those films that there, like as Andrew mentions, Christmas is around, but it's not the driving force of this particular film, which is right. where where somebody might, I could see somebody arguing this is not a Christmas film, and yet it's well, it's, it doesn't. Christmas presents do come in at important points, they, though. They they do. There's the Christmas party. There's like there's a bunch of stuff, right? I'm just saying, like there is that, but it's like it's the same kind of arguments you get with uh, Die, Hard Die Hard, or yeah. But but then it's the same argument that I would have about White Christmas, which like, oh yeah, because like, there's I, only like, there's only two Christmas songs in it, and the only part that takes place at Christmas is the last 15 minutes. So yeah, 
I'm starting right. to soften on this whole thing, the diehard thing and everything else, because like it doesn't have to be Shane Black in order for it to be a Christmas movie. You know what I mean? Like it can yeah. be Christmas adjacent. I get it, especially if you watch it around Christmas, if it becomes a fucking I have Jewish friends who have Christmas movies that they watch every year and they're not Christmas movies. They just watch them on Christmas. My my one buddy, that's his tradition. He watches like a Star Wars movie or whatever every Christmas. Right. And like, so if, if the Star Wars is a Christmas movie now, there, done, you know, like, fine, perfect. Who gives a shit? The world's on fire, you know, regardless, though, regardless, though, it's it, it is a, a fun film that does take place at Christmas. The scene that actually takes place on Christmas Day with Nick and Nora is probably one of my favorites where she basically got him a uh, a replica like pea shooter gun, like a, like a thing that shoots BBs and he's firing them at balloons at the Christmas tree. And he's doing like these trick shots and everything with it. It was yet he doesn't remember because he's again, he's like a a professional drinker. So his memory (laughs) is shit. So he does not remember the Christmas gifts that he got Nora that she just opened. It's it's not a hundred percent. It's 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 there. Also, the implication behind that, it, you know, when I look at that, is more of the fact that she just went and bought expensive stuff because he doesn't. Yes, no, I get that, but I'm saying to to be sitting there going, well, where did that come? From? Did I get? Is that okay? That's a good Christmas. Sure. Yeah. Okay, that's your Christmas gift. Like, cause, but like she would have brought these things out in front of him just fifteen minutes ago. Yeah, nice so job. he would have already Earlier known that. Me. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm here to tell you, man, that fucking happens. You go, oh, nice job earlier, sober me. You got a great present. I don't yeah. remember getting it. Yeah, but she's exactly. Yeah. But yeah. I'll tell you, I think if you can watch this film, watch it. It's a little bit harder to come by. It's a bit harder to find. That but, it is. Uh, but if you can watch it, check it out. I think it's a great film. Yeah, The on just as a, one quick additional note, the subsequent sequels, kind of diminishing returns, no shock and surprise there. Mm-hmm. But, Andrew, I will say to you, it's all about Nick and Nora anyways. So there we go. There we go. So I have to give him a, I have to give him a watch. Yeah. Nick totally. and Nora's now, infinite franchise. Now we're moving Close. forward in the time stream to December 20th, 1970 CBS and Ed Sullivan productions. Uh, Ed Sullivan basically was like, you know what? I really like this Jim Henson kid and Jim Henson productions, their team, the directors they have and everything like that. I'm going to give them a spot. I basically, I'm going to take out one of my programs on a Sunday night and I'm going to give them that hour and they're going to produce a show. And that brings us to the great Santa Claus switch directed by John Moffat, written by Jerry Joel, produced by Sullivan productions with Henson associates. It aired on CBS on December 20th, 1970. And uh, we're going to bring in, of course, our good friend, the old man, to read the synopsis. All righty. You know, I, I definitely watched this when it was on the air. I was, uh, narrated by Ed Sullivan, the special begins at the North Pole with Santa Claus and his elves getting ready for another Christmas. However, Cosmo Scam has hatched a plan to kidnap Santa and take his place. As part of the plan... Cosmo plans to abduct Santa's elves one at a time and replace them with his evil henchmen known as the Fraggles. Wait a second, the Fraggles. They're, they're the happy little guys that let the music play. Uh, eventually, but not yeah, here. Th- these are different Fraggles. These are those Fraggles 
These fraggles walked so that those fraggles could run. That's basically what happened. They're proto fraggles. Well, wait, how did they? How did they? How did they run? Like they got the guy's hands up their asses. Wouldn't you run if you get some guy's hand up your ass? I'd run pretty fucking fast. I think it all depends if you're into it or not. Yeah, right. So you know, well, don't don't yuck other people's yum. Don't yuck other people's yum is what I say. Hey, listen, you put your hand wherever you want to put your hand. And I do. That's and that I'm, is uh, oh boy. That is your campaign <laughs> slogan, right? For uh... yeah, put your hand everywhere, anywhere you want. Oh no, no <laughs> shit! What now? God damn it! I've done it again. You right, ask go- first. God damn it! There goes the old man. All right, so green. Yep. We're talking about classic old school Jim Henson. You actually didn't know about his relationship with the Ed Sullivan Show. No, when you, to- yeah, because when you brought this up, I was like, all right, because. You asked me if I had seen it and then if I would be willing to do it because it's not technically a movie per se, yeah, but per se. I was, I was willing to do it because it is still like, well, under Academy rules, 60 minutes is a feature length. So we'll, we'll count it okay. anyways. Um, more made up rules. I would also like to say right here that uh, Geek Card does not recognize the authority of the uh, Academy of Motion Pictures. But no. I was continue. Absolutely. We do not. Um no, so I was like, I, yeah, I'm game for this, sure. Um, I, okay, other than Ed Sullivan, which is the only downgrade for me, just because he's not the best narrator. Well, we got a really of, great show for you tonight. Yeah, he's he's just he's like he's very dry, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's the era, so the 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 show itself, um, it is it is wild. Because it is as I'm watching it, you start to really see all of that. Like, those are the thing for me, it was like a history lesson. I'm watching it and I'm like, going, Oh, I can see this is where the Muppet Show comes from. This is where the Fraggles eventually oh, yeah. go. This is where Henson's storytelling abilities, like, you can see it all yeah. crystallizing. Gonzo's into- just a head in a box in this that, show. Okay. So we get Gonzo for, you know, we get to see Gonzo, which is crazy. But then we get, of course, as we've already mentioned, the, the fact that we get proto fraggles for the very first time. They look nothing like fraggles. The only no. thing cons- uh, that is con- uh, that you could uh, associate with these fraggles and the other fraggles is that they live underground in caves. That is yeah, it. That's that it. is that is literally it. And that they're Muppets, of course. But, that you know, really, there's nothing else after that. Um, they're kind of like snake-like and spider-like creatures, Alex. And then, although it's weird because two of the Fraggles are 8,000 times larger than all of the rest of the Fraggles. Yeah, they're gigantic, <laughs> seven-foot-tall yeah, monsters. Yeah, like Fraggles. Well, they're, they're, they're like, they're, well, these are, even though they're called Fraggles here, they're like the, they're like the, the proto-gorgs from, yeah. the Fra- from Fraggle Rock. And I was just like, okay. And... It's it's wild and crazy. There is and there's only one human being in this. And right. They, and who is that one human being? That paragon of Christmas television. It's Doc. It is, of course, TV's Art TV's Art Carney. No shit. No yes. fucking way. He plays way. both Santa so and Cosmo Scam. No, he plays Cosmo Scam, but he then there's Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Is that's it, not. Santa Claus is in this movie. He does come in as a guest appearance. You played know, by Art Carney. He come no Santa, the real Santa, because yeah, in this movie, it, sure, sure. All right, I'm just saying. And then there's it's, Cosmo Scam. 
That's uh, that is really funny. I thought the most exciting piece of trivia about this, which I, I in my capacity of being here would be remiss to not mention, is that this is one of the very first collaborations between Jim Henson and Joe Raposo, uh, musician Joe Raposo, who, among other things, is famous for writing absolutely everything, you know, from Sesame Street. Uh, This guy's a fucking legend. He died at 51 years old, but he is the guy. He is the children's television workshop guy. And this is one of the very first times he met Henson in 65 is one of the first times they collaborated together. So there's a lot of very important firsts in this movie. Yeah, go, no, yeah. and this is the thing, right? So, like, we got, we got, uh, we got Art Carney doing his damnedest as the most evil of evil people, which weirdly enough lives in a cave in a cave system beneath Santa's workshop. Beneath that, the, in the North Pole, yeah, yeah. It's just it, very convenient. Yet I love it too because I like I think it's supposed to be that it's underground, but like not. Then, super yeah, close. then there's a series of tunnels that take yeah. they take to get to the place. But they're magical fraggle tunnels that get them there super quick, which is oh, yeah. you know because that's how it goes. And, but also the thing is, it's not just the fraggles that are the Muppets in this. Oh, All the, of elves. the elves are Muppets, so it's hippity yes. bippity boppity Bing Bong and Fred. Fred, and Fred is voiced by Jim Henson. So Jim Henson, so Fred is the star of the 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 elves yeah and it so blows it, my mind that jim henson did not smoke more weed than he did because he was not like a big drug guy at all no, and it yeah. sometimes surprises me yeah not well, because like it needs to be that but sometimes i'm just like where like where bro, is this coming from think about it if he did the universe would probably split in half. If it he wouldn't. Had. Yeah, he didn't need that. No, he he was he was on. In his fact, own. probably just as well that he didn't get into drugs because it kept him in children's entertainment. Now yeah. he could have used some at the end of his life, but that's for a story for another day. That's go. that's so, that's a whole other thing. But yeah, so, so this, Green, this, your thoughts on the the the, the story, mo- the the movie itself, uh, like the overall story. Uh, yeah like it's 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 aimed at kids it's it's yeah. not the most complex no. story it's just a you know a, a, a swaparoo scenario and um it's it's just it's a lot of fun as i'm watching it that was the thing it was like i wasn't breaking my brain on anything going on here i just had a lot of fun enjoying seeing early jim henson stuff going on you know, like what would eventually obviously be the the core idea of of who the Fraggles eventually become. You could you can actually make an argument in this, Alex, that if this movie takes place, say, the 50s to 70s, roughly, mm-hmm. and then Fraggle Rock comes out in the 80s like it does, that it's the it's the they they evolved. It's because the direct of, lineage because, now. because because of what happens in this movie, they go from being evil creatures, the Fraggles. Into, to what we will see later the because they at the That's, by the end of it santa redeems them oh as santa, <laughs> santa does. the redeemer as you do yeah i i do have one question for you green which is sure. uh, is this worth watching with my kid because he is 11 and is a fan of the muppets is it worth watching or is it more for like us old people that remember like the, the stuff back in the day no I'd... i think i think i think he's he's crusting on where it's going to be not interesting to him anymore mm-hmm mm. Right. Like, I think that when you get into that 10, 11, 12 range is when you kind of something you start like to this. lose them on the Christmas shit a little bit. Well, start well, to lose them on this level of Muppets. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this, this is, level. OK, sure. Yeah. You, know, you think about it, more like, like Sesame Street Rock than, than and Sesame Street were done. OK, more so maybe kids. we missed the boat on that. Yeah, is there like, like a low major age? Muppet show? Is there, right? like a, is there like a low age? 
like beyond which you like there's too young for this is it because there's some weird no, stuff no, out there too. I, no this I is think you this put is this in front safe. of like a three-year-old and they'd find fun have fun with it yeah yeah there's okay, nothing cool. there's nothing super weird and creepy going on here like there you know there's uh there's some of that kind of henson strangeness but well, it's that i would hope so yeah but it's it, it's that fun strangeness it's not yeah. like it's not like dark crystal like we're not going that far yeah we're not going uh, right okay got yeah, it. Yeah, like, so, like, so more labyrinth of, than dark crystal not even that not even oh, that. okay like, yeah. like so we're, even... we're we're steadily like it because it was on tv it was ed sullivan it's prime time you're oh talking, yeah i guess you're talking being what it was yeah you're talking basically between sesame street and fraggle rock it's pretty yeah. wholesome shit yeah yeah right. but still fun for what Still it is yeah, yeah 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 for sure definitely and so there's you can search it out on youtube it's available there so people yeah i'm gonna check, check it out for out. the music alone actually i want to i want to know what he did for this yeah and what i i one of the things i actually like I, I, andrew is that when i was watching it the set made me instantly think of uh like rudolph and frosties yeah. you know like like the old rank and bass stuff it yeah. just had that feel to it even though totally. it was like a full life set i was just yeah. like I was like, oh, this is nice. Everything about this was wholesome. Ooh. Yeah, very wholesome. So there you go. I'm sorry. So I brought you some wholesome and you enjoyed it green, and I'm happy that you did. Yeah, no, it was good times. There we go. All right. Well, now, of course, that was our big movie portion. We're going to take a commercial break right now. When we come back, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite things that is something that's kind of not looked upon very fondly in the world of Christmas lore, and that is Christmas comics. It's all happening right here. Geek Card, geekcardshow.com. Hey, remember when you used to go to the comic shop and browse through the stacks picking up comic after comic talking to your fellow customers and the store owner about what books you should buy what kind of outside people daywalker nonsense are you talking about i don't go outside well thank goodness for back issue bloodbath with andrew young and patula neal well we talk about comics old and new mostly old but sometimes new every wednesday new episodes drop at geekartshow.com or wherever you catch your pots. Check it out and have yourself a good. I've got my Christmas stocking. Welcome back to Geek Card on GeekCardShow.com. Now back to your host, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. my Christmas tree. Well, there's just one gift on my wish list. And this one's just for me. And that's a Welcome back to Geek Card, folks. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here with our very special guest, Alex James Kruger of Composers, the Movie Score podcast with us, as he is always every year. Um, Green, I know you've had a really rough day today, <laughs> but the world, and specifically Alex, is missing out on your puns. Oh, man. I, <laughs> You motherfucker. I almost got away with it this year that I didn't have to put up with this nonsense. I was yeah. getting a brief respite. 
Because I was starting, yeah. I'm starting to think there's a connection between these fucking puns and my ability to do anything for these orphans. That's well, you know, maybe, but you know, like I got to make it rain, so I will. All uh-huh. right. Well, so when we when you have Dear. time, look for some puns, Green. Birch, Let's, please. Uh... All right. <laughs> snow on and snow forth. I don't know what I expected. Snow, there thank you. you. Snow to hell. <laughs> Say it ain't snow. <laughs> I wish you would. Oh, man. That was a good uh, Weezer song. Yeah. yeah. Say it ain't snow. It's good. I like yeah. it. Treat your treat your elf. Oh, yes. Treat your elf. There yeah, you go. Yeah. Classics. Here they that's, are. But that's it. You know what else is classic? Christmas comics. Every year, I find new Christmas issues of various mainstream comic series, and I share them with Mr. Green to help raise his Christmas comics awareness. And I feel like for the most part every year, I find at least one title that uh, you enjoy. Yeah. Uh, the, well, the first couple of years were a bit rough. I w- like when I look back on those. those... Uh, I think also that you were going in wanting to hate them at that time. Yeah. That was your gimmick back then. So you softened. There is a cushy underbelly now to Mr. Green. That's right. I, I, I've, gr- I've grinched up. In the uh, good that, way, three three yeah. hard, three sizes bigger. Yeah, but. yeah, right. Yes, yes. Oh man, but uh, I've picked a couple of issues for you here tonight, and the first one I bring to you is, of course, one of my personal favorite characters, Daredevil. Daredevil issue two fifty three, written by Anne Ascenti, a former Geek Card guest, with art by John Romita Jr. It's basically Christmas time, Christmas Eve in New York City, and Daredevil and Kingpin are each having very different Christmas Eves. So, Mr. Green, tell us tell us a little bit about what's happening in that comic and what you thought of it. Yeah, uh, so it's, uh, it's it, oh, man. So Daredevil's just doing, being Daredevil. He's out there just patrolling the streets. He's doing his thing. And uh, as he's doing that, he comes across a couple of young thugs just spinning around the city in their car, up to no good and mayhem causing stealing. Yeah. They're, 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 they're mugging people and they're driving on curbs and they're just doing all kinds of just taking people's Christmas presents that they just bought. Yeah. And then, so they're going through all of this and then uh, of course, you know, people are upset and then, you know, and uh, the cops show up and they're, you know, they're like, you know, like what can we do and all these things. And then daredevil shows up and he's like, I saw them. And he gives them a description and they're like, Oh, them. He saw them. Remember, nobody knows that he can't see. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. C- catch up, man. Catch up. So he gives a description of of the of these uh, these hooligans, but the cop says, "Like, eh, you know, it's Christmas Eve, bro. Like, we're busy. You know, like, can you help? Well, a lot, you of, us a lot of the cops have families that are at home. <laughs> yeah. Could you could you do it? God yeah. damn it! It's Christmas. Do we have to like fight crime on right? like, the statistically high night for crime? Fuck." Yeah, so uh, that's going. So that that's happening. And Daredevil's like, yeah, of course, I'm going to take care of that. You know, he's you know he's full of Christmas spirit, and he doesn't like uh, hooligans. But along the way, though, he runs into Eight Ball, who is this young kid. Yeah, one of the Fat Boys, a group of characters that Anna Senti first introduced in the Long Shot series, but then became during her 
Daredevil run became like a permanent fixture for a couple of years. They were a group of kids that hung out at Matt Murdock's free legal advice clinic and Karen Page's drug hotline. They yeah. were also a formative hip hop group from Brooklyn. Well, that's different. That's this is a different. They fabulous. did the Freddie rap. Yeah, we, we totally... know. I know which fat boys you're talking about, but these are not those fat boys. These are so, actually wait, the fat boys. All right. These are actually little boys and girls. Yeah. And, you know, based off this issue, predominantly white. So, yeah, not fat boys. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, eight ball is like enamored with uh, with these uh, these hooligans looking at them going, they got no fear. They have no fear of anybody or anything. You know, and then Daredevil is like, you think they're pretty cool, eh? And he's like, how is he reading my mind? You know, it was like this. And I'm like, bro, they, I was waiting for like the, I can see, you know, I can tell by the heartbeat that he's excited. But, you know, like I was waiting for that, but they didn't do that. But that's okay. Well, I think it's more he just looked, he could see that the kid was, or he could feel that the kid was enamored by these guys. Yeah. But it, or I, he was I, also 12 once and was just put two and two together. Like, of course he thinks they're cool. Well, there's that, but also like daredevil would be able to tell, like, you know, he's got a, you know, his, his heartbeat rate is increased. I you know, know like, there's like, a there's like a Marvel reason, but there's also just like a, he's a kid reason. Yeah. But not Matt Murdoch, man. Matt Murdoch was straight edge. If as straight as could get, you know, mm-hmm. like it's not, uh, and he's got too much mm-hmm. guilt. But, he does have the guilt, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so that goes through, and there's this, this little bit of this subplot going on here. So Murdoch goes out and does this whole thing. Now, to Andrew's point, Kingpin on the other side is having <laughs> – he's playing the most cliche Christmas villain that you could possibly be. Like, he is equal parts Potter from His Wonderful Life and uh, – um, Ebenezer Scrooge. And Scrooge, Ebenezer Scrooge, yeah. yeah. Like, he's like uh, – one of his uh, workers is like, you know, it's uh, Christmas Eve. You know, like, I like to spend time with my family tomorrow. And he's like, why? It's like, well, it's, it's Christmas. Don't say that around me. And, you know, stuff like that. And I was just like, okay. Oh, so he's like the Saturday morning cartoon villain version of himself. Uh, not a little bit in this, but it's because it's it's a Christmas issue, right? So they're right. amping that up a bit. Um, and uh, and he's like taking dump, uh, barbells and beating the walls and smashing things because Matt Murdock is the bane of his existence, and he's crushed Matt Murdock. He thinks you know before this, and uh, and he's like, I've ruined his life, and it's like, no, you haven't, man. Like not at all. And it's a nice juxtaposition. And every time he says stuff like that, that you see Matt living his best life. You know, yeah. like helping out the people in the community and because of that, the people in the community love him for it. They have the, the big Christmas yeah. party at Matt's uh, Matt's office. He's brought them all gifts. They see him as like a hero. It's very much like a George Bailey, Mr. Potter yeah. juxtaposition. Yeah. Yeah. And they're and they're playing that up. And, and and that makes perfect sense within the confines of not only a Daredevil story, but also a Christmas story. Yeah. And uh, that's why I think this one compared to there was the one other Daredevil story that I didn't like that you gave me years ago, the one where they're on the bus and he gets. Yeah, he saves Jersey. the blank. He's, uh, well, it's in the Catskills. He saves oh, Catskills, the blank sorry. kids in the Catskills. Yeah. Yeah. That one I was not a fan of, but this one actually I kind of enjoy because it, it feels like it feels proper for daredevil but also proper for a christmas story and that's why i'll give it i'll give it some props for that um you know but the the era's level of uh excessive writing and some of the art stuff is like you know not the art sorry the coloring because of the way that they they do this with the older books but um yeah for the most part and then of course at the end 
Daredevil gets the thugs. He he's giving out gifts. Um, he also teaches a lesson along the way. So the eight ball, you know, gets a bit of the Christmas spirit because this is one of the things too, Alex. In this, they uh, the kids are like obviously they're not the well-off kids, you know, like sure. with, with, with proper families, yeah, they're poor quote kids unquote, the proper families. Yeah. No, no. I disadvantaged, you know? Yeah. Like you could tell that they've got, they've had a rough life in their sure. way. And, uh, Dickensian almost. Yeah, actually a little bit of that. And, um, so yeah, then he has a bit of a talk at one point with eight ball. It was one of the big redeeming moments in this, you know, for a character. And it was like, it was nice. And then, mm-hmm. and then fucking, Potter slash Kingpin rolls up and he's like, oh, that that Matt Murdock and he's hanging out with all these losers. He's he doesn't have a light. And you're like, yeah, bro. No, he does. Like this is he is living his best life and you suck. Right. And and then it then it leads in like the last bit of the comic is him leading into like, I'm going to get Daredevil. I know how to do it now. You know, and that's how it kind of, you know, which is nice. Is it yeah, transitions back yeah. out of the Christmas. Exactly. Back he into... realizes that the way to get to Daredevil is to attack the the poor people of the kitchen that rely on Matt Murdock. Yeah. Yeah. And there, and there's a whole other subplot with him about, you know, getting all the properties and putting up the t- world's tallest building inside of New York city. Like, Oh, you know, the typical Kingpin stuff. Right. But yeah, most for the most just part, the sheriff of Nottingham basically. Yeah. You know, it's, we, it's a trope we've seen before it through yeah. multiple media aspects, but here I, I think it kind of works. Like I said, both as a daredevil comic and as a Christmas comic. There you go. Well, I'm glad so, to hear that. A lot of fun. Uh, now we move on to one that's a bit outside of the big two, Marvel and DC. We head over to Boom Comics mm-hmm. for Claws and the Winter Witch, which is with art by Dan Mora, written by our good friend Grant fucking Morrison. That's oh. Right. And this is a sequel one-shot to the original Claws miniseries that I had you read a long time ago, Green, mm-hmm. and I, I remember you enjoyed yep. that miniseries. This one is uh, basically Claus has been gone for a long time. He's been stuck on the moon. When he comes back down, he finds that the Winter Witch has taken over the Arctic and is basically trying to destroy what he had built by having his head toy maker build her basically an army to unleash on the world and make the world winter. And that's kind of what the the main crux of the story is. So, Green, what did you think of this book? This actually, I could see being either live action or animated film, like as a like a just a one off story, because unto its like within its own confines, you don't need any kind of. Oh, history you know, yeah, within. you don't need the backstory of it. You no. just. You just it, see Santa it, Claus. That's all you Yeah, need it's a, just a version of Santa Claus. And there's like there's this weird wacky thing, like as Andrew mentioned, that you know, he was gone for several decades. Uh it's implied like it's like 70 years or something like that, but he's been stuck in the moon and uh in a prison uh by the Mushins. And uh which I just love that I mean that's a great name. Uh thank you, Grant. Um but he Oh, he's taking over. Jesus, oh, I green! There was something wrong. Green, it's good to hear you like my you like my story. Yeah, man, always, always do. Yeah, I know it's 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 great. It's great. You know, you got the you got Geppetto in there. Yeah, I like putting in Geppetto. You know, because it's like, oh, he makes toys, right? You know, so he made the Pinocchio, so he's making the toys here. You know, yeah, the the, then, the big wooden soldiers. Yeah, absolutely. You got the family drama. Yeah, the family drama in there. 
Yeah, no, just, there was a, you had a, you had a lot of cool stuff, and you did put in a little bit of environmentalism. Uh, that's right. You know, you gotta put in the environmental message every now and then because you know it's magic can only go so far. I know, and th- this is as magic as magic can get for you, bud. I, I, so, bravo. I do what I can. I do what I can. Yeah. Well, nice. I gotta get going now. I just wanted to say uh, I'm glad you enjoyed my story. Oh. Ah, okay, and he's gone. All right. Yeah, it's. Um... I thought you were having a fucking stroke for real. No, I was just, you know, every now and then I open myself up to the astral plane and, you know, Grant Morrison jumps in. put the ass in astral plane. Oh, my God. You are such a Grinch, bro. He's such such a Grinch. I have been smiling nonstop on this episode. I'll have you know in this audio medium. Yeah, Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. A rebel without a clause. There it is. There we go. There we go. You so, said rebel it, without, and I was like, don't say it. Oh, yeah. I'll say it. I'll say it again. But definitely uh, Claws in the Winter Witch, one that you would uh, be willing to recommend to others? Absolutely. It was. Uh, it falls into like what I like, like Christmas stories I enjoy, especially when it comes to uh, uh, comics, movies, television. This is the kind of like fun. Like I don't like it's nice to have the traditional, but every once in a while I like to have something that's outside of the scope because like. I didn't really talk about it, Alex, but Santa, or sorry, Claus, I should say, uh, is uh, he is some hunky, or tall beef metal. That he's just something. Mm. Hunky tall beef metal. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, hunky it's tall like beef some, metal. It's, it's a like new, some, uh... some publication doing an ESL like review of Slayer. Yeah. See, look at that. Look. Hunky tall beef. Oh shit! All right, man hello. meat. Look at that. Hunky tall beef metal right there. Yeah, All right, I'll get my picture taken. Yeah, Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell me where yeah. to sit. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm I don't I'm not making shit up when I say this, you no. know. And there's like and he's got some great moments where like he breaks out and you know, he uses Christmas magic. It's great. It's funny, it actually kind of ties back to uh the the Santa Claus switch, like the Jim Henson thing, because he's like he there's a special kind of magic with Santa, yeah. and that's the Christmas thing. Christmas magic. Christmas yeah. magic is important. I think that's something that'll probably be coming up. In our next segment, which we're going to be going to shortly after mm. this commercial break, when we come back, Mr. Green has found a couple of Christmas specials that I haven't seen before, and I'm going to give my honest thoughts about them right here, Geek Hard on GeekHardShow.com. Want to advertise on Geekard and be heard by thousands of listeners? It's easy. It's simple. It's fun. Email us at geekardshow at gmail.com for information on our advertising packages today. Welcome back to Geek Card on GeekCardShow.com. Now back to your host, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. What are the chances it's December? The cold winds blowing through the mistletoe and stockings are floating up by the fireplace. But is the thing about Christmas 
Welcome back, friends, to Geek Cards Christmas Special. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here with our very special guest, Alex James Kruger of Composers, the Movie Score Podcast. A man making his, I guess, would be his 13th appearance. Yeah, on the Christmas special. 13. Hey, maybe yeah. this is the year for those Alderanian orphans, man. It could, it could be. Could but be, before, before could we be. continue on, Alex, I, I have a question for you. All right. What's red and white and falls down chimneys? I don't have enough time to come up with the answer. Santa Klutz. I, I, yeah, I was looking for what the Santa clumsy it was in my head. I was like, there's something there, but I wasn't sure what it was. Santa yeah. Klutz it is. Yeah, yeah. All right. Mr. What is Santa's Green. primary language? Ah, I don't know. North Polish. You know, I always yeah. did picture I him wish... eating like pierogies up there. Right? I did, I to- he totally does. He has yeah. to. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yes, Mr. Green is a master of the puns, and he is also more TV than man. Yes. It's still safe to say that the amount of TV that Mr. Green consumes is probably equal to several mortal men uh yeah i would yeah. say that yeah mm-hmm. yeah i'm always surprised about uh when you tell me how much tv you've watched and then i did you get this thing done yet i'll get to it <laughs> yeah like uh was it uh a couple of years ago alex i watched uh i re-went back and re-watched you'll appreciate this as we talked about one of them i went back and re-watched every live action star trek series in one year Oh, cool! And wh- how long ago was this? Like three years ago. It was around when so we you... did when we did our uh, Borg talk. It was around that oh, time. Oh, okay. So you, yeah. so you, there's a couple of things that have come up since then. A couple of seasons of things that weren't included in that. But you're pretty damn no, up I, to date. Uh, of original, like of uh, like. Oh, I you're watch. talking like golden era, like no, I, the I, I, era. No, no, I did uh, TNG, DS9, Voyager, and Enterprise. I did all that back to back in a single year. Yeah, that's your golden era, like Berman yeah. era Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, the yeah. 90s Trek that you and I grew up yeah, on. Yeah, I, I just rocked through that. But yeah, to Andrew's point, I watch a lot of television. I watched a lot of TV. And so because of this, he the one spot where he's able to find things easily, in my opinion, yeah. of <laughs> things that hard. are Christmas-based that I have not seen is TV because he digs through various TV shows that he watches and finds things. And uh, this time around... He's bring, brought me a classic TV show and also one from 10 years ago. And so it's about 10 years ago now, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was about 10 years, I think. Yeah, right? I'd say it was, it was like 2012 or 2013 when the series started. No, it was no? actually, no, this episode, sorry, this is 18 years ago this aired. Oh, was it really? It's that long ago. December 13th, 2005 is when this episode. Oh, my God. I did not realize Bones was that old. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well. Oh, no. No, no, no. Have you watched it recently? Because if you go back and watch it, it's 2005 as fuck. Right. And we'll oh, get yeah. into Idol that in a bit. sequence alone. We'll get into that a bit. But first, I want to talk about the first Christmas episode you brought me. And that was Night of the Meek, the... 11th episode of the second season of the twilight zone yeah after a derelict santa claus is fired on christmas eve he finds a mysterious bag that gives out presents with this bag he sets out to fulfill his one wish to see the less fortunate inherit the bounties of christmas so basically he comes across a bag 
that makes him Santa Claus. Whatever somebody desires, he can pull out of the bag and give it to them as a gift. Yeah, and uh, just before we continue, one of the th- uh, there's two points I want to make up about this, Alex, for you. Uh-huh. Uh, one. And I th- and Andrew, I think, because Andrew, you watched tw- some some Twilight Zone, right? I believe I watched as a kid. I used to watch it all the time. Oh, okay, I just perfect. Never saw yes. this specific episode. Yeah. So this is one of the rare few positive spin Twilight Zone episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time, oh, the, the protagonist yeah. or antagonist is getting a comeuppance of a kind. You, no, right. I know. I watched the Twilight Zone. I'm just saying. I'm as for those who are listening who may not. This is for you said me. I know, <laughs> like for you, Alex. This is what yeah. the Twilight Zone is. Yes. So no, there's I know. There, there's that, but also most yeah, I importantly, gonna to, I was going to get to it. Is that Santa in this? The the is Art the Carney. No. Is TV's Art Carney? No yes. fucking way. Yes, really? yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening this year? And what so, is that? Watching this episode. It's funny because you. Oh, it's that one. Yeah, yeah. It's and... the one that you guys signed the picture for me. Yeah. Where he looks like shit, and the the beard's hanging off of him. Yeah, and so, Green, uh, you mentioned that you wanted me to watch this, and that same day I found uh, a DVD at uh, my my Blu-ray store that I go to. Of that episode and another Christmas yeah. episode, but this specific Christmas episode. Yeah, this so this specific this specific episode. One, I was shocked that you hadn't seen it before, but two, um, because I would have given this to you years ago. Because I will tell yeah. you, and this Alex is a bit uh, news for you. This mm-hmm. is actually one of my favorite all time Christmas things. Really? Okay. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. absolutely love this show. So I'm curious, Andrew, what did you think? And so yeah, so. When I watch this, um, if there's one thing that you know about me, it's that I love Christmas magic mm-hmm. and that the idea of miracles can happen at Christmas. And that's what this entire episode is about. Someone getting a second chance, someone getting a chance to fill other people's dreams. There's comedy in it. There's drama in it. At the beginning, there's so much pathos. It's like, it is a the amount that they pack into these twenty two minutes is amazing, but on top of this, the very end and how it ends. If I tell you right now, if someone was to say to me, "Hey, you get to be Santa Claus now for real," you'd have to do geek art with somebody else, friend. I'd be gone. I'd be on that sleigh today. Yeah. So yeah. So watching that, I felt very. It felt very, like it hit home with me. I. I really dug, dug it, and uh, I thought the performances were amazing. And yeah, I'm definitely gonna. If I didn't see it as a child, which I may have, and just not remembered. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely gonna watch it every year now after that. It's it's a it is I I watched it uh, again preparing for this because it's been you know it's been at least a year since I've seen it, and because uh, I used to watch this every year. I had it on VHS that I bought you know years ago, and it was this, The Grinch, and uh, Pinky and the Brain. A lot mm-hmm. were my like my three TV shows that I would watch there along with like It's Wonderful Life and a few other things. But yeah, yeah, no, this is like to Andrew's point, Alex, this is it's it's a beautiful told story, especially out of uh, it, it, it stands out because it's so not the normal weirdness. Well, so much to the point yeah. that at the end of it, Rod Serling says we wanted to give you a happy message to celebrate this yeah. season, whereas usually he's giving some sort of like, you know, Aesop fables wrap up sort of thing. This one, he's actually yeah. saying, 
his way of saying, we wanted to give you something happy, happy holidays sort of thing at the end of this episode, which is wow, very I'm rare. Really, I'm yeah. going to check that out because I like the Twilight Zone. I am not as versed as you guys, I don't think, but I, I like it. I like those sorts of shows, and that sounds really terrific. That sounds really uplifting. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so now we go far into the future, into 2005, as you say, for the first season of Bones oh. for The Man in the Fallout Shelter. While the gang is quarantined in the lab for Christmas, they search for clues to solve the mystery of a skeleton found in a fallout shelter. So basically, guy cuts into a skeleton, pro the proper protocols were not taken, and because of that, there's contamination in the air where they could possibly have a virus that takes 48 hours to present itself. And so they're all stuck for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day in the lap and i just gotta ask green is it is this was it a cbs show or a fox show what was it uh it was fox it was fox oh, fuck yeah, it, it felt was. very much like a fox show of that era mm -hmm. that was very it's very rigid but like there's some personality to the characters yet they're not fully formed the way they would be later in the season so it's very very surface with these characters well just trying I to get to know them yeah, it's to, only to give, the ninth ever episode of the season. Yeah, and 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 to some background here, um, one of the, the the trials and tribulations, Alex, that I have with Andrew when it comes to Christmas TV, a lot of mm -hmm. these shows are wrapped inside of their own stories, especially yeah. newer ones, right? Yeah. This yeah, one, sure. it, this one, I chose specifically because this you is don't the really need any information. No, it's yeah. it's it, it's that that is, but this episode yeah. is the first episode in Bones where any character's background is revealed. Right. This I is remember literally, that. This is literally... You this is where you that, find out about Bones's history that her... Bones's history, yeah. Booth's history. I've watched this and recently, actually, mm -hmm. oddly. And Elspeth was... My wife was watching this show. We got through a couple of seasons and then had to give up because it is legendarily bad. But it, we did watch this episode very recently. So I vaguely remember exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So I will say, well, it's, it wasn't terrible. It was very much leaning into the tropes of shows of that era. Mm -hmm. And so. And a procedural and a few other yeah, things. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, it was okay. It didn't, I don't think I'd ever watch it again. I didn't hate it. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought it was okay. Yeah. Like I said, for me, this was more of uh, giving, trying to find something that, uh, uh, you couldn't bring in the argument of, you know, I needed to know 10 right. seasons of backstory. This was a good call for that one, Green. Like, what a yeah. and what a dope swing. I love that you picked these these episodes because you can tell a lot about a TV show from, like, like holiday-themed episodes, I think. You can't – in some series, you can. Um, you, know, you know, like, depending on the show. This one was so well – like, well – placed to do this because it is a procedural show and the MacGuffin is so easy. Oh, they cut into a skeleton. Now we're under quarantine. We're going to stay here. Like yeah. seamless. Great. Right. Yeah. And then it's an opportunity to learn backstory because we got nothing else to do. We're fucking stuck here. Really, really great choice. But I also, I regard. do think that the, the mystery that they have to solve is actually well done within the story mm -hmm. and how they tied it yeah. into bones. character was well done as well. Like it, again, wasn't amazing, but they at least knew how to write an episode is what I'm saying. The first few seasons were pretty good before they got away from it being about Bones, and it got way off the rails in later seasons in terms of what they're dealing with. Right. But like right. the early well, seasons when they were still 
small scale and they were still like a paleontological or whatever the fuck it was anthropological thing that she does like well they were still that it was okay because they could stay on top of their stories yeah yeah well they don't yeah anyways I, I, the this is not burying characters alive it became <laughs> kind of crazy well, well, well this isn't a bone show so we're not gonna <laughs> yeah, welcome <laughs> back to bone con yeah oh man but so, uh, overall, so, overall, a good time. I still, I think the Twilight Zone was a great episode. The Man in the Fallout Shelter from Bones was okay. Yeah, there we uh, go. Hey, I, I, okay is better than it was a piece of shit, which is all like <laughs> that's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of well, it's the reverse of the comics, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not like a lot of these Christmas episodes are not your thing because there's a lot of a lot of these shows are not your thing. So yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah, so uh, that's TV wrapped up for another year we're gonna take a commercial break and we're gonna get back to probably the most important segment on the show a long time tradition when we return it's alex james christmas trivia right here geekard on geekardshow.com another year been started fading and as the world just keeps on turning hey Remember when you used to go to the comic shop and browse through the stacks, picking up comic after comic, talking to your fellow customers and the store owner about what books you should buy? What kind of outside people daywalker nonsense are you talking about? I don't go outside. Well, thank goodness for Back Issue Bloodbath with Andrew Young and Petula Neal. When we talk about comics old and new. Mostly old. But sometimes new. Every Wednesday, new episodes drop at geekartshow.com or wherever you catch your pots. Check it out and have yourself a good. Welcome back to Geekard on geekartshow.com. Now back to your host, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back, folks, to Geek Hard's Christmas special. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here with our very special guest, a man who is about to be in the hot seat, a man who, for 12 years running, has failed us and failed the children of Alderaan, the, the displaced orphans of Alderaan, on answering five simple questions. It's the return of Alex James' Christmas trivia, and Alex James is once again... Our one contestant. All right. If he wins, the displaced children of Alderaan who've been sitting on like a cruiser ship with nowhere to go for over a decade now, they're actually not children anymore. They will get to go to a new planet and start a new colony if he answers all five questions right. Can he do it? Probably no. not. So, Mr. Green. <laughs> Statistically, it's almost assuredly not. Let us begin. I will start with question number one. Go right ahead. In the 1999 film Go, what is the name of the holiday-themed rave that Rana and her friends are going to? I never saw Go. I have absolutely no idea. Just take a guess. Oh, the holiday-themed rave? Deck yeah. the halls. No, the answer is Merry Xmas Superfest. Ah, uh, well, as you do. It's an I did not answer. see the movie. I did obvious... not see the movie. That one was going to be a shot in the dark. Man, you know, I don't care if you were too young. You were like you were, you were too you... young. 
Yeah, you were too young. This was a rated R movie. You were 15. So, <laughs> Do you see what I look like? This isn't new. Actually, no. You used to have a baby face. You did. When I first met you, you had a baby yeah, face. Yeah, you did. I, I, I went back and saw some of the old photos when we first met. It was rounder. You've yeah. gone long now. You mm, used to be yeah. rounder. But anyway, so. And, and let, you were clean shaven back then. That's right. Oh. So now let's move to question number two, Mr. Green. All right, Alex. <clears throat> I worked long and hard on these. And uh -huh. these are, and I, I'm going to tell you, Alex, these are 100% original questions. Okay? Oh, okay. Well, actually, I appreciate the effort. Oh, yeah. Silly. No, I, I, man, I came all for you this year. All right. Are you ready? Sure. How many Christmas movies slash specials has Art Carney starred in? Well, at least two. Um, three? I'm going to say I'm going to say three and I'm going to gamble on three, but I feel like it might be more than that. Three. Yeah, I'll go with three. Final answer. OK, uh, you're wrong. The okay. answer is 13. Holy yeah, shit. You're off by 10, man. Wow. Yeah. The really? number of literally the answer is the number of years you've been on this show. That's yeah. insane. That's that's really insane. <laughs> 13 yeah. a lot of Christmas specials for any one person to be. Yeah. That's a lot of Christmas specials for you to do. If you were on a show that did a Christmas special every Christmas for 13 years, it would still be weird for you to be on every single one. Well, the only show he was on only did one Christmas episode. That like 13, long running show. Everybody, no, and you also got to remember. Our, it did three episodes. It did three separate episodes. Yep. I know the show was, I just thought they took Christmas off the rest of the time. So they did three Three episodes, yeah. okay. Yeah, wild. For the okay. honeymooners, they did three. Yeah. Okay. Well, you could. You, there's no way I would have seen that coming. So, well done to you. That was a great question. Right. Well, there you go. So, we've now covered how many Christmas specials our Carney has been in, but how many times did legendary actor Ed Asner play Santa Claus? It better not be thirteen. <laughs> um, this is funny. You know what? Thirteen. I'll say thirteen. Now I see. Now you overshot your wad here four times. Oh shit! In so the story I, if, of Santa yeah, Claus, right. Elf, Christmas on the Bayou, and the animated Elf Buddies musical Christmas. Huh. I didn't know that last one was even a thing, but sure. It is a thing. Oh, Ed. All righty. So is right there nothing now, you won't appear in? Well, not anymore. Well, yeah, there's a lot of things you won't appear in now, I suppose. <laughs> Jesus. So that brings us to question All number right, four, man. You're not doing well. No, you're hit not. Me, hit me with your best shot. Give me your best Pat Benatar. Um, all right. So the, the reason I laughed and I found it hilarious, your question, Andrew, is because my question is how many times has Art Carney played Santa Claus? Shit. Three. We're going to say three. You are correct, Alex. Yes, I am. Two of them were on tonight's show. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of why I had in my head, like, surely he didn't play other characters in other Christmas specials. Surely he was just Santa three separate times. He couldn't have done more than that. Yeah, Art Carney is like the Andrew of like, what was it, the 60s that he was well, big? 60s, 70s? Uh, the 40s through to the 80s. Wow, what 80s. a storied yeah. career. And Art of course, had. he did not play santa claus every time there nope. was 10 christmas things he was in where he didn't play where he did right. one of which was the 
one that we're going to inevitably get to at the end of this. Well, that brings us to our final question, a question yeah. that you never get right. Wait, was that in four? the Star Wars? That was yes. four. Okay. In the Star Wars holiday special, who played San Don the traitor? Wow, making his I guess thirteenth appearance in a fucking Christmas special. It was of course TV's Art Carney. No, the answer no, is you're so wrong. TV's, TV's Art Carney. As my favorite repeating bit that we do every year. And so you know, once again, I want to say my apologies to the displaced orphans of Alderaan. You're going to have to spend another year on that cruiser. I hope the rations uh, hold out. And they're just going to uh, start eating those fish guys. And that I also hope the droids do not malfunction this year. Calamari's back on the menu, boys. We, we had a rough summer. Those droids were acting up. So hopefully those displaced orphans. We'll have a better luck next year, Alex. Bone up on your trivia, for God's sake. Absolutely. And, do, and, and you know you know what this means, Alex, of course. You know, everything that Andrew just said, but also Santa has put you on the naughty list because he has just claws. No. I don't know. It's true. No, just no. Yes. That's all you're getting for that one. No. All right. Well, we're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, you're going to get to hear something that Alex is proud of, and that is the Geek Hard Christmas Carol, Geek Hard Family Christmas, right here. Geek Hard. GeekHardShow.com. Hey, everybody. Jimmy the Short Order Cook here, asking you, what's better than listening to Geek Hard? Answer, listen to Geek Hard while wearing a Geek Hard t-shirt. And there's a place you can get them at tpublic.com slash user slash Geek Hard. We got a bunch of great shirts there. We got Geek Hard shirts. We got a Mr. Green's Tasty Meat shirt. Hell, we got a Back Issue Bloodbath shirt. For all your geek needs with your geek merch... You want to go to tpublic.com slash user slash geekart. I'm not just asking you. I'm telling you. Welcome back to Geek Card on geekartshow.com. Now back to your host, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card, folks, to our final segment of the evening. It has been an amazing journey through the Christmas landscape of movies, comics, TV shows, trivia. And now we're going to do, as we did years before, many times, they say, start them with the song and leave them with the song, folks. And so we're ending off here tonight with our offering for this year's Geek Card Christmas Carol. Myself, Alex James Kruger, the old man, and Jimmy the Shorter Cook once again went to DeGroote Studios and recorded a new Christmas song. Here it is, Geek Card Family Christmas. Just another geek hard holiday where we can celebrate it our own way. What a crazy year that it has been. We almost lost our one eyed Mr. Green. 
but he's still here and so are all of you it's your hot take emails that see us through he still surprises when you disagree like when you like fast x and not barbie but it's a key card that brings us all together we're just one big happy family at christmas in the cold and stormy weather there's just one place that i want to be and that's home and that's home that's home and that's home and that's home Just because this old man's all alone Doesn't mean I have a quiet home I got surround sound loud as it can be With consoles and a big 4K TV But I do wish my roommate was still here To play some games and have some Christmas cheer I do hope he and his wife will come by So I can kick their butts on the PS5 But it's a key card that brings us all together we're just one big happy family At Christmas in the cold and stormy weather There's just one place that I gotta be And that's home And that's home That's home And that's home And that's home Jimmy the Short Order Cook here once again to say happy holidays It's a time when families get together Hell. It's a great time to tell your family you love them, even if you don't celebrate anything. And if you don't have family, tell your friends. And if you got no friends, give a friendly wave to your local cooks and servers who are working their asses off this time of year. Tell them Jimmy sent you. They probably don't know who the hell I am. But tell them anyway. A key card that brings us all together We're just one big happy family Christmas in a cold and stormy weather There's just one place that I gotta be And that's home And that's home Well that's home, Andrew And that's home Well that's home Happy holidays from all of us here at Key Card Just remember that the old man loves you And he's always here for you Unless you owe money. I, I don't know if you owe money. And there we go. Another Christmas carol in the annals and journals of Geek Card's Christmas lore. Mr. Green, what did you think of this year's song? I liked it. It's, uh, you know, you, you hit on all the things that happened this year, as always. And it's uh, got a bit of a beat. There you go. And we are we are happy that one-eyed Mr. Green is still with us. Yeah, this is true. I, I am still still kicking, still still breathing. Thankfully, it was a close call. Also, yeah, our boy Yuri, he's out there. He's getting better. We hope to be back live on Reality Radio 101 very soon. Uh, but for now, we're still just uh, doing the podcasts. And Yuri, we uh, we're pulling for you, champ. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Merry Christmas better, and Happy Dogs. And uh, absolutely, Alex, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's on a bit of a down note. This is a time of year that is not always pleasant for a lot of people. And uh, in some cases, it's, you know, it can be anything that's uh, that's going on. And we just have to try and, uh, you know, muddle through it as best we can, whether it's uh, personal or health or whatever. And uh, so, 
from all of us, we wish everybody who's listening right now a very, you know, well, you'll hear us again over the next few weeks, but definitely a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays and all that stuff. Even to you, Alex. As stay gr- healthy, stay safe. As grinchy and curmudgingly as you are, you know. See, I always actually picture Alex as the guy who shows Mr. Potter the figures and the changes where he goes, this bright young man will find himself on a job to George Bailey. That's who I see as Alex. Yeah, that guy, that guy had a little bit too much uh, Christmas spirit for Alex. That's the only thing, right? So... Yeah, but he was he was very sarcastic and cynical, which is uh, that's true. Attributes you know, look, that... that's a that's a that's branding I'm working on changing. All right, <laughs> sure, I, it's it's sure. aged me. That branding has aged me. If you could see me, the dear listeners, you would know what that kind of thing does to a man. You got to yeah. avoid. You got to you got to yeah, keep, makes keep the you suddenly become heart, you know? Gandalf. Yeah, fucking <laughs> Gandalf the Grim. Anyway. Well, Alex, I want to thank you for coming on the program with us here tonight. I'm always delighted, you guys. I actually sincerely look forward to this every year. Well, that's great, man. And this uh, this wasn't the usual way that uh, we do this. And so I'm no, glad I you're hope, able to I hang hope, with us for this. I hope Gary's doing better next year, man, because I, I, I miss him and I miss you guys. I'd love to do this in person. It would be great. Yeah, it would be fantastic, definitely. Well, Yuri's, Yuri's going to pull through here. Everything's going to be A-OK. Uh, so, Alex, of course, you are one of the three hosts of Composers, the Movie Score Podcast. Tell people where they can find it. Yeah, I co-host this little show, Composers, the Movie Score Podcast, where we talk about film scores and films they're in. You can find all of our socials at ComposersPod.com and a link to our Patreon, where we have bonus episodes, specials, retros, exclusive shows like Kruger Records and Backstage BoneCon. Listen to this, which is co-hosted by my Pleasure Chef collaborator, Brent Chittenden. I also do music. And I'm doing more of that lately, not just for this show. So uh, if you want to check that out, I'm on SoundCloud under Alex James, not the guy from Blur. And if you want to talk to me directly for whatever reason, you can still find me on Twitter and Blue Sky at Alex James Tunes. And there you go. And of course, also on the most recent episode of Composers, the Movie Score podcast, I was there as a guest where we talked about the 1960 film, The Apartment. So definitely go check that out that was a really fun episode you should absolutely check that out that was in person at the stewed with uh, aaron and jay my co-hosts and andrew it was a lot of fun bro never say the stewed again oh no that's what we call it no no no, that's what you call it but anyway oh no it's it's caught on it's too (laughs) no it's no it's not but you know before before we leave alex i just uh i want to get out here on this um let's uh let's get the elf out of here and let's get elfed up can I use your snowblower? <laughs> All right. So, Mr. Green, we've come to the end of another festive episode of Geek Heart. Yes. Yes, we have. Tell the good people where they can find us. As always, if you like what we do here, you can find more content over at patreon.com slash Actually, one of the best places now is to get a lot of our older episodes that are no longer on our website or on uh, iTunes or anything like that. You can find over at patreon.com slash keycard and just go to the categories and you will find those old episodes there. Uh, for everybody who participates in that right now, we thank you guys ever so much. You guys are amazing. You're a big help to keeping this show on on every week. And uh, yeah, but additional content's always available through YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Yes, even Pinterest. Search Geek Heart Show on any of those platforms. You will find us there. Of course, check out our website, geekheartshow.com, for more news, reviews, and the podcast version of which is what you're listening to right now, which is available every Monday at 2 p.m., which, of course, the best way to ensure you hear us 
every week is to do what, Andrew? Is to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice. Beat the iTunes, the Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you catch your pods. Please, while you're there, leave a five-star rating review because it helps out the analytics. Absolutely. And as always, if you want to continue the conversation with us, email us, geekardshow at gmail.com. I want to once again thank Alex James Kruger for coming on and being less of a Grinch than he usually is. Thanks, boys. And uh, for Alex James, for the old man, for Mr. Green, this is Andrew Young saying, if you're going to geek out, you might as well geek hard on geekhardshow.com. Ho, ho, ho. Thank you for listening to Geek Hard right here on geekhardshow.com. <laughs>